This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York, New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. Over the past few weeks, Massachusetts has undoubtedly been a front line in the battle against anti-Semitism as it was confronted with the mapping project. The sinister website created by an anonymous group claims that there is a conspiracy of, quote, Zionism, policing, and empire, close quote, throughout Massachusetts. It then depicts a network of Jewish institutions, donors to those institutions, elected officials who have had some association with those institutions, and more, claiming that these networks need to be disrupted and dismantled. It is nothing short of a call for war on the Jewish community of Massachusetts. ADL and the organized Jewish community mobilized quickly in the face of this. The counteroffensive has been led by my friend and colleague, Robert Treston. He is ADL's regional director for New England and vice president of the Western States Division. And he is my guest today to discuss the mapping project. Welcome, Robert, to From the Front Lines. Thanks, Scott. Great to be with you today. So I summarized the mapping project, but give us the local flavor. Whom did this target in addition to ADL? You know, I think the mapping project can probably best be described as a Jewish hit list because it names, identifies, and posts the addresses of Jewish institutions throughout the Boston area and also staff, board members, and supporters and philanthropists that have any connection to any of those Jewish institutions. How scared was the community as news of this circulated over the Shavuot holiday? Well, first, it's an important point that you make, Scott, about the Shavuot holiday, which is a common tactic of launching an initiative against a Jewish community, whether it's in Boston or overseas or another part of the United States, to do that on Shabbat or on a Jewish holiday. Because they often know that we will likely not respond absent some, you know, urgency until after the holiday. It gives them three days ahead of any kind of Jewish community um, response. This was a pretty serious security alert for the community almost immediately. Uh, and even over the, uh, the holiday weekend, I received, con- I received text emails from dozens and dozens of people. And the reason for that is pretty clear. And you mentioned it in, in, the, in the opening segment here, because they called for um, disrupting, dismantling, their words, Jewish institutions. And they juxtapose that with language that says to the effect, every organization has an address, and then they post those addresses. That creates an immediate security threat. And when you name a Jewish high school as part of that list, and the board members associated with that high school there's going to be an obvious immediate concern. The good news is that this was roundly condemned by everybody from the far left to the far right. Maybe describe that rare show of unity. I think it was very quick uh, recognition that it was uh, dangerous, irresponsible, uh, and many of the people who commented from members of Congress all the way down to, you know, local city officials uh, recognized uh, that there was anti that it was it was really rooted in um, in in anti-Semitism, and so it's you know I'm glad that we've had this kind of response. Even in the last uh, 24 hours, 
the mainstream BDS movement, which is not based in the United States, uh, distanced themselves from the mapping project and actually called out BDS Boston, which is a group that is in Boston and has been largely responsible for disseminating this. Uh, if you if you drill down into their statements, even they recognize that this crosses the line from nonviolence to potential incitement. It's it's a very significant development and recognition of the danger of the mapping project. You know, you mentioned that uh, it was recognized as anti-Semitism, but but not everybody seemed to recognize it as anti-Semitism, even if they said it was bad. Explain why this is clearly anti-Semitic and perhaps why some are reluctant to label it as such. If you do a, re- a thorough analysis of it, you will see that um, at, the, at the center of the map is Jewish Boston. At the center of the map are the Jewish institutions and the Jewish philanthropists who support those institutions. Outside of that, they're not listed. There's nobody else identified or listed. Now, it is true that if a Jewish philanthropist gave money to the ACLU, they were suddenly um, tainted. Uh, but when you when you do a thorough analysis of the language that they use, uh, the allegations of uh, causing um, destruction, uh, blaming these institutions and Jews and Jewish philanthropists for society's ills, uh, there is a direct connection and link to classic anti-Semitic tropes. And it's pretty clear based upon, um, you know, everything that they've written, said, uh, that, that this forms the basis for their, uh, for their theory, the basis of their model. So anti-Semitic tropes of power, of greed, of, uh, of, uh, of things like that? Well, certainly around uh, finances. Uh, certainly around power, certainly around influence um, and control and control of government. All of that is is sort of uh, threaded throughout everything that they write. I mean, even to the point where there's a whole section that uh, charitable organizations like the ones listed are essentially a form of um, legal tax evasion for the donors who support those institutions. Do we know who's behind it? You mentioned BDS Boston, but uh, but they're just proliferating it. They're not necessarily behind it. We don't know exactly who is responsible for uh, the, the mapping project, and that's kind of troubling. You know, this country has a long history of people hiding behind masks and disseminating hatred and inciting violence against, against groups, uh, whatever that group may be. And clearly... Uh, the people that are behind this are doing the same thing. They're just, they're not using a physical mask. They're using the internet. They're using technology to hide their identity and hide, um, hide who they are. What was the uh, response by the Jewish community? How have they dealt with this? There's been a full community mobilization uh, from a number of aspects. First and foremost, security. So, you know, we, we ended up having some very, uh, some immediate security briefings communications with institutions because there was fear uh, amongst the community leaders and members of the community. Uh, Secondly, sharing information about what the mapping project is so that people actually understand it. And and that's not just for people within the Jewish community, but externally 
Uh, and we've been mobilizing uh, and speaking to leaders at every level so people understand the danger of it, what anti-Semitism is, and why this in particular um, is rooted in anti-Semitism and the danger associated with uh, disseminating and trafficking in anti-Semitism. And I know there have been some efforts to have the website deplatformed. Can you walk us through what that means and the, the potential to disrupt this effort by such means? Well, we know that the website was, uh, the, the, the domain name was purchased in December of 2021 from GoDaddy, which is a uh, one of the largest uh, companies in the world that sells domain names. They were initially hosted uh, on a server, on a platform, you know, a server platform where, like, who's your host when you have a website in the United States. We know that uh, they moved uh, offshore to Bulgaria, and they're currently being hosted in Iceland. It's interesting, Scott, because um, they're hiding their identity. They're refusing to disclose who they are, and they are now on their third country to keep this website alive. We have about 30 seconds. Tell us what happens now. What's next? Uh, We need to maintain the pressure. Uh, And hopefully the website is going to come down. The website represents a danger to the community. It needs to come down. And we need full, uh, fully everyone united um, against all forms of anti-Semitism. It's okay to have political criticism. It's not okay to be anti-Semitic when you're making that criticism and put a community in danger. Truly scary and uh, a whole new level of targeting of the Jewish community. Uh, thank you, Robert, for, uh, for this amazing work uh, that you did so quickly responding to the threat and really for the work you do every day to fight anti-Semitism and hate and, of course, for being my guest today. Thank you, Scott, and thanks for focusing on this. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.